0: So today I'm going to be talking to you mainly from John 16:33, And today we're going to talk a little bit about trouble. You know, we're going to talk about what the troubles of life are like, you know, what trouble comes and so on and so forth. But John 16:33, it says this, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble point blank. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I am bigger than the world. I am the big picture. it, 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 It changes the entire way you live your life when you realize that he is in control, that he has all of the power, that he has already won the victory. And so a little bit of background to this the scripture verse in John 16:33. I don't like taking isolated verses and just like kind of willy-nilly throwing them about. I want to dive a little deeper into it. And so if you look at the background of John 16:33 really in the chapter of John 16, Jesus is basically preparing his disciples to say like, "Hey, I'm not going to be here." Like I'm going on And I, and I need to do that. Otherwise the counselor can't come. He's talking about the Holy spirit. He won't be able to come and, and, and empower you. Like the plan has been laid out to do. I have to go. And he's like, but I'm going to stop speaking to you in parables. Jesus's ministry was a, 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 a smitten, uh, loaded with parables, absolutely loaded with parables. And in that And through that, he taught so many great lessons. But he says in John 16, like, I'm done with the parables. I'm going to speak to you plainly because you understand who I am. And there's too much work to be done. And so he basically is preparing his disciples to be able to take the reins when he leaves. And I'm going to read the scripture verse one more time in John 16, 33. I have told you these things, the background we just talked about, so that in me, you may have peace in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. It's such a powerful, powerful verse for us to understand that the Lord is there. He's with us, but see Trouble can mean so many things. When we read this, I think we often think, "Yeah, man, people are coming against me. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in so much trouble. Like, you know, my, my people are coming against my fin. The, the recession's happening, and there's there's so many, you know, things coming against my finances. There's people coming against me at work. There's people, and it's always these outside sources when we think of trouble. Normally, we we often I don't think place ourselves at the center of trouble. You know, we blame it on this guy or that guy, or yeah, the devil's really laying it on this past week or this past month or year. But what we don't think about is often ourselves in the, in the trouble equation, submitting or wanting to submit to our own selfish desires. See, often we get ourselves in trouble, right? Like my kids, like, I don't want them to be in trouble. I set guidelines. And if they go outside those guidelines, they have a consequence and they get in trouble because they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. It would be the same thing as if we were on a boat and there was a storm happening and you kind of like just stepped off the side of the boat. You're, you're out of bounds. You're in the crashing waves now. Like, we don't know what's going to happen to you. I don't know if you're going to have the Jonah experience. Or what's going to happen? But all I know is that you're going to be in trouble. Like, you're going to have a have a hard time navigating that path and honestly a lot of that trouble does come from us it, it comes from our own selfish desires it comes from our own unwillingness to become conformed by jesus see w- blaming other people Blaming the devil, blaming that, that, that guy that's against you, that girl, that's like, is much easier than focusing inward and saying, oh, I need to change. We're very, very good at humans to point the blame and complain at other people. But when it comes to us being the problem or us needing to change, we don't have nearly the same chutzpah the same desire to point it out. But many times it's me that needs to change in the midst of troubles. Whether it is because of my own selfish desire that I'm in trouble or it is outside forces, which are a very real thing. But I still need to be the one that changes in the midst of persecution. I need to be the one that pivots my perspective. I think troubles, suffering, pain, all the damage we place ourselves in or around or go through, that stuff, that feeling is often soothed by us allowing God into the deeper parts of who we are. It's about changing where we place God in the situation. So a lot of times when we realize outside forces are coming against us or we blame those things, we want God right next to us. We want to, you know, God help me, you know, help me with this or, you know, save me from this guy or, you know, persecute my enemies and curse them. Like, like, I mean, I've seen some crazy things in prayer. I've probably said some crazy things in prayer. But when it comes to ourselves and being like, God, change me. Allow me to be changed. We start running like Adam and Eve, trying to find some banana leaves to cover ourselves up and hide. And all of a sudden, that nearness that we wanted becomes distant because we realize it's not them, it's me. And it changes our relationship with God we place him and allow him to be a distant God that we call upon when we blame others or when we need him to save us from others and we forget that he wants to be a close friend even when we're the trouble our hearts are troubled that we're going through some stuff See, I find it so interesting that in that verse, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He doesn't just narrow it down to saying like, you'll only be persecuted by the world, but like you yourself might be the trouble. And I challenge you today to take a look within and say, Lord, where is it in my heart? Where is it as, as me? You know, when we talked about the, the the situation with Roe v. Wade, like where is it that you can use me and position my heart to not need to put people and in, 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 in dig in with my thumb? Like where can I be a good voice for your kingdom, for your peace, for your love, for your tenderness, your compassion? See, people tend to think if you're doing the right thing or if you're good, you know, maybe you are on the other side of that and you do kind of self-aware and you're like, I just need to do more good things and you you try to implement more good things in your life. We often think that God should reward your goodness with ease. That you shouldn't have to go through troubles. You know, you guys have all heard it where it's like, Yeah, well, if your God's so good, why did he hurt this person? or Why did he allow this to happen? And there's a scripture verse that says, you know, it rains on the just and the unjust. Your goodness doesn't get you some reward of safety. We are all in the struggle of suffering because we live in a fallen world. We live in a place that sin exists. And as long as sin exists, there will be pain that is coupled with it. Your goodness doesn't save you from that. But your closeness to God changes your perspective, which brings a soothingness through the suffering. Everybody in chat right now, put there's a soothing in the suffering. There's a soothing in the suffering. And that comes between bringing God closer to you. And guess what? It's not you pulling him towards you. It's not you trying to climb your way to him. It's simply opening up your heart, your mind, your heart, your, your arms. Because he's always present. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to be open. Because he is a gentleman. But he's there. And he wants that closeness to you. Trouble comes in so many forms. I've I picked up a game recently called the The Cycle Frontier. It's a new BR. You might have seen Shroud Plant the other day because there were some Twitch drops. Maybe you guys are just starting to get into it, but I got into it a couple days ago and it's a very interesting situation. Basically, there was a planet, it got overrun, you had to flee to the space station, and now you're making runs back to this planet to get gear and do missions and PvP, PvE, so on and so forth. It's a cool, fun game. It's like a cross between like Destiny and Tarkov, uh, Escape from Tarkov. It's really interesting. Um, smooth, there's not a lot of glitches. Right now, there's a lot of people complaining about cheaters. I get it, I get it, I get it. But the game's really interesting. And what I find interesting is the environment when you drop down to the earth, right? Like when you drop down to that world in this world, you will have trouble. And I'm taking this pod and it's going in like, and the door opens and you're in this weird environment and it's beautiful. But then you start hearing creatures. You start hearing like monsters making some weird sounds. You might even hear some gunshots in the distance and all of a sudden the reality comes into place that the beauty that's in this world, the place you just came from, your safety, it's different than this place. And there's trouble all around. And when you, you think you've solved something, right? You're in a fight with a, uh, a, a another player and you're like, Oh, I've got this. You know, you, you just hit him for a lot of damage. You're like, Oh, I'm going to win. And then all of a sudden a monster hits you from behind and you die. troubles around every corner. That no matter how much control I have on the situation, no matter, you know, if I'm just there to drop a couple grenades off in a case, you know, if I'm just there to, to, to kill a couple monsters in the lake area, it doesn't matter because there's other troubles that are lurking all the way around. And what I don't want us to get focused on And I think the thing that hits us sometimes the hardest is when we focus in on one trouble, when we focus in on one mission and we just think that no matter at what cost I have to complete this, we have to be open in understanding that there is trouble all around. But in the game of the cycle frontier, there's always an evacuation you can always get to an evac point where they're going to take you back to safety. And today, I want to challenge you to get back to your evac point. And that evacuation point is is God. Get back to the place where He is the safety net. that he is the one you look to when you're in trouble. When I'm low health, when, I, when, I, when I've dropped into, I think it's called Fortuna, Fortuna 3. Uh, when I drop into Fortuna 3, the world with all the monsters and the players, and I get low health, or I, I'm not feeling comfortable anymore, I, I just want to get out of there, I don't run and keep fighting and finding new trouble and new missions. Instead, I run to the arms of the evacuation point. Just like we as Christians need to be running to the arms of Jesus when things are getting too much, when you're being overwhelmed by the trouble of the world, when you've focused in maybe too much even on yourself or other people coming in, stop trying to beat it yourself. The guns you have aren't going to be enough to fight it off. You do not have what it takes alone to beat the trouble of the world. Because guess what? You have not overcome the world. He has overcome the world. But take heart because he has. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You have to fall into him. He needs to be the one you run to when things get tough. No matter how much trouble you're going through, Jesus is still Lord and he is the overcomer. In him, you can find your strength in the immediacy, the strength to survive the moment. In him, you find the strength to survive the moment. In Psalm 50, 15, it says it like this. Call on me in a day of trouble. I will rescue you and you will honor me. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will rescue you and you will honor me. He's there in your times of trouble, in your times of needs. He sees you, and he sees down to the depth of who you are. You are not hiding with any fake aid, with any uh, gamer tag. You're not hiding from God. He sees you, and he's there for you to call upon. He's always there. Sometimes we need strength to survive the day. Sometimes the day is too much to bear. It feels overwhelming. It feels like I'm just gonna, I'm striking out today, God. I don't know what else to do. I feel lost. I feel hurt. I feel broken down. I feel beaten. What do I do today, God? I need something to change today. In him, you can find your strength to survive the moment. He's there in the immediacy, in the present, in the moment, in today, in him, you can also find the stamina to endure the season. The stamina to endure the season in Romans five, three through five, it says it like this. And not only that, but we boast, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know the affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God loves his love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy spirit who has given to us. See, sometimes it's bigger than a day. Sometimes it's a season. Sometimes we're just going through it. I mean, the last few months, couple months, six months for my family has been pretty rough, and we've been going through it. But the one thing I know is, no matter how 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 distant I feel God is, no matter how, no matter how much I'm experiencing what is called the dark night of the soul, where I just feel like I'm lost, where I'm where I'm just out of it. Where I'm just like, God, like when does the 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 beating stop? Like when does the the, the persecution stop? When does the, the hurt and the pain, the suffering stop? I can look to him and change my perspective. He doesn't say you won't have afflictions. He does not say that you will you will not have troubles. He actually says the opposite. He's guaranteeing that you will have trouble in your life. No matter where you come from, what your economic relationship is, whatever you look like, wherever you're from, it does not matter. You are guaranteed trouble in your life. Now, your trouble might look different than someone else's trouble, but it doesn't mean it's not as painful to you as it is to them. And like I said, my life has been pretty troublesome lately. It's been painful. I've been suffering and and it's stunk. But in the end, I know that that does, that is supposed to happen. That is normality. Even though it hurts, even though I can't see it sometimes, it is normal. And what I need to do as someone that loves Jesus is I need to realize, oh, this is character building now. This might hurt, but I can use this like a superpower. And I can boast in my afflictions. Meaning, guess what? I might be being struck from every side, but I can still look up and say, Jesus, Lord, I, I, I see you. I, I, I hear you. And when I'm looking up, things become a lot easier than when I'm looking out. When I'm looking into the storms of life, when I'm looking at the giant coming my way, things become much, much, much scarier. And I'm full of anxiety and full of depression and hurt and pain. And I'm scared and I'm cowering. There's a much different thing when your eyes are focused on your father. I saw a video the other day of a family walking on a path he's got a little son, and he's got a baby in his bag, and he's with his wife, and she's filming. And there's a bear following them. And like, it was cute at first, right? Like, wow, we were so close to that bear, that's crazy. And then it keeps following them down the trail. This is a real story. And And they're yelling at the bear, hey, bear, hey, hey! And they're trying to just get him to back up. But he was aggressive, and he was pursuing them. In that video, the boy looks to his father a couple times. He said, should we we play dead? And his dad's just like, no, let's keep walking. Just keep walking. Don't run. Just keep walking. That boy, for not one second, looked scared. And it wasn't because he wasn't in real danger. It wasn't because the bear wasn't scary. But it was because his eyes weren't fixed on the bear. They were fixed on his mom and his dad. And I think that in times in our lives, when trouble is coming our way, if we can fix our eyes on our father in heaven, it changes our perspective. It changes the feelings on the inside. It changes the way that we handle a situation. It changes everything. So in him, you can find your strength to survive the moment in him. You can find the stamina to endure the season and in him, you can find your healing to get back up. You can find your healing to get back up. Psalm 138, one through three says it like this. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I will bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else on the day I called. You answered me. You increased strength within me. That healing that happens in us after a long season where it feels like darkness has surrounded us, that healing comes from the Lord And I truly think when we begin to boast, rejoice, and praise his name, our strength is restored. And so when you're going through suffering, when you're going through troubles, we can get worn down. And it's only through him I I really think we have a full revitalization, a rejuvenation in us. He comes and he strengthens us. I've been in a lot of seasons of life where I was like, man, God, I don't know. Like, I finally felt like I could take a breath of fresh air. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. In ministry, oftentimes things are just, it's difficult. And you're you're navigating very difficult situations. And I'm like, man, God, I don't know if I want to navigate another difficult situation. I don't know if I want to do that again. And I'm constantly reminded is, what have I called you to, TJ? What have what what I called you to? You're relying too much on yourself when you think you can't do it again, because you can't do it again. You couldn't do it in the first place. Look to me. I'm here. And when I do that and I I look at God and I fall back into him, I'm, I'm strengthened. He will be your healing to get back up again. He is your recovery. He will allow you to get through the hard seasons of life. He'll be there by your side. He's all of these things, right? He is my strength to survive the moment. He is the stamina to endure the season. He's the healing to get back up. And in all of those things, he is there for us so that we can survive the affliction. We can survive the struggle. We can survive the trouble. Now, oftentimes when we get away from this, it's because we're not realizing the faithfulness Of God I I feel like we don't feel like he's going to do what he promised us he was going to do and I want to talk about our faithful God for a moment through this video by the Bible project
1: if you tried to describe what God is like it could be difficult or daunting but when the people who wrote the Bible pondered the mystery of God they consistently described God's character in this way compassionate and gracious slow to anger overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. We're going to look at this last characteristic of God. It's the Hebrew word emet, which can be translated as faithfulness or even truth. It's related to another word you've probably heard before, amen, which is an untranslated Hebrew expression, meaning that's truth. So, emet can mean truth, and it can refer to correct ideas or concepts. This is because emet has to do with stability and reliability. Like when Moses holds up his hands for hours to defeat Israel's enemies, the Amalekites. His friends put a rock under him and support his hands so that his hands will remain emet, or steady. When emet is used of people, it describes reliable and stable character, or trustworthiness. Like when Moses appoints leaders in Israel, they're to be people of emet, people who are trustworthy, who won't take bribes or distort justice. So to say that God is full of emet doesn't just mean that God tells the truth or stands for truth. It means that God is faithful and trustworthy. This is why Moses calls God a rock, saying that he's faithful, just, and upright. He's saying that he can trust God to be consistent to his character. And the Hebrew word for trust is actually the verb form of the word emet, it's he It can be translated as to believe or to have faith, but most basically it means to consider someone trustworthy or to trust. The first person we meet in the Bible who considers God to be trustworthy is Abraham. God makes a promise that Abraham and his wife Sarah will have a huge family and that through them all nations will experience God's blessing. But Abraham and Sarah are really, really old, and they've never been able to have any children. And yet in the face of these challenges, Abraham means God. He considers God trustworthy to open a way forward. God does show Emet to Abraham and Sarah. In just four generations, their descendants form a whole nation called Israel. And God invites Israel into a trusting and faithful relationship. And when God leads them out of slavery in Egypt, Israel means in God. They trust and rely on him. But when they come to the land God promised to Abraham, and they find out it's filled with giant cities protected by giants, their trust in God's Emet fails. But eventually we meet an Israelite who does trust God in the face of giants. It's David. He yells at the giant, you come with a sword and a spear, but I come with the name of the God of Israel. David consistently relies on God. In fact, it's said that David walked in and met before God. So David considers God to be faithful and responds with faithfulness. This is why God promises to raise up a faithful descendant of David, whose kingdom will endure forever, or in Hebrew, have emet. This faithful king will become the source of trust and stability for others forever. But when the kingdom later collapses, the Israelites find themselves without a home and without a king. And they cry out, Oh God, where is your loyal love that you swore to David and your Amet? They're accusing God of abandoning his promises to Abraham and to David. Is God trustworthy? Is he faithful after all? The first line of the New Testament is an answer to that question. This is the lineage of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. In other words, through Jesus, God fulfills his promises. Or as Paul says, Jesus came on behalf of God's faithfulness. He is the faithful king whose kingdom will endure forever and who invites all nations to trust God. Now, trusting anyone is risky. It's hard to know if anyone is really full of emet but the biblical story portrays a God who's been faithful all along and whose promises were fulfilled in the story of Jesus. And so as we look out at the obstacles facing us and our world, we're invited to take that same risk and join Abraham, David, and the people of God in trusting that God is overflowing with faithfulness.
0: Now, isn't that such a powerful, powerful video about the faithfulness of God, that he is faithful to his promises, that he is faithful, that he will be there, that, that in our doubt, he is still there, that even when we're going through all that stuff, those troubles, those struggles, he is faithful. We have reassurance that he is faithful. And when we realize that in this pain and this suffering, when we call out like, Like he will show up. He will be there because he is a faithful God. It changes the way that we deal with our struggles, our troubles. Christian. God Squad Church attendee. God Squad Church member. God Squad Squad Church staff. He is faithful. He is faithful. And he loves you and he sees you. And he's going to walk through with you all the tumultuous times if you let him. So, my challenge this morning to you is to believe that he'll be there for you to learn to suffer. Well, when you are in the troubles of life to exude, not the emotions or the hurt or the pain to tear others down, to not be a person that's defined by complaining or bitterness, but instead to take on the image of God and display the things of Him. Let God's image go before you. For some of us in this moment, it might be really hard to believe and have the faith to believe that God is going to show up in your troubled times. And I want to take a moment And just pray. And as we're praying, I want you to be asking God to come into whatever situation it is that comes to your mind. To come in and change the fabric of your reality. When you are squeezed, what is produced? Let's pray. Jesus your faithful God. Father you see us on our darkest days Lord. I'm praying this morning that Jesus you would show up and that Father that you would be our guiding light. Lord that in the pain and the suffering that you would revitalize our hearts God and right now I just pray that things would start coming to your children's minds, Lord, and they would allow you in. And they would make faith steps the mo- this morning to allow you in. Jesus, we need you. This morning, I pray that this attitude of prayer would not stop. That people would battle it out with you in their in the in in their prayers lord there's some people right now that have some things on their chest that they need to get off and i pray they would do that with you father there's people right now that are hiding and they know it's them that they've been hiding from you because they're ashamed of the troubles that they've caused lord i pray you'd reveal to them That you're there, that you see them, that you love them. And Father, I pray for the one in here that is just unsure about all of it. They're unsure about their faith, they're unsure about God, they've been hurt so much in their life. And Lord, I just pray you'd be with them. Lord, I pray you'd speak to them. You are the King of Kings, God. We praise you and we thank you because you are good. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you're new with us this morning, or if you don't know who Jesus is, we are always extending the offer that you can 100% call yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, whatever words you want to use because Jesus desires to have a relationship with you. Uh, and if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you've never, you know, asked him to be come into your heart, I just want to extend that to you. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to God this morning. And if that's the case, sometimes I'll go through a prayer and, and we'll pray through, you know, what that looks like. But it's really simple, and I'm gonna give them put the onus on you and let you uh, kind of take that step. And what it looks like to, to basically submit to Jesus uh, as King, to call him God, to become you know a Christian, to allow him to be that everlasting love in your life, to save you from yourself and really from uh, eternal uh, punishment, it's simple. Uh, simply putting your faith in him and then submitting, saying, Lord, you're king, you're God. I no longer want to do things in my way. Would you do them your way? Would you have, um, would you have a place in my heart? And would you forgive me of my past sin? And, uh, it's that simple. Uh, this life isn't some mystical thing. It's not, it's simply knowing that there is a God who loves you tremendously and who wants the best for you. And he'll be there in your troubled times, but he'll also be there when in in in, in the times of praise, in the, in the mountaintop times, in the good times, in those victories. Uh, and he deserves a place uh, by your side in both of them, or you by his side, depending on how you see it. But all in all, If no one's told you they love you today church i love you with my whole heart in jesus name amen
2: thank you so much pastor daylight for bringing that message to us uh absolutely uh, amazing message about how to be focusing on god during all times no matter what the tribulations or struggles and things that are going through our lives there's a lot of things that distract us but continuing to fix our eyes on Jesus, who he is and what our Father says. Um, Absolutely amazing, amazing message. And hey, if you were one of those people today, uh, as Pastor T.J. was, uh, Pastor Daylight was saying before, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, sometimes we lead people through a prayer, but he was basically just saying, it is easy. It is easy, it's a free gift that we can receive. It's free for us to accept Jesus Christ into our lives. And it's as easy as just committing our lives to him. Uh, essentially saying that god i'm I'm giving control of my life over to you and as he was speaking about that i just want to i just want to congratulate those of you that have made that commitment today maybe you're accepting Jesus Christ into your heart right now. Maybe that's a decision that you want to make. Or maybe you have some questions about it. We would love to as uh, some of our staff and some of our leaders would love to be able to walk through that with you. What that looks like, what that means. And so if you're unsure or have any questions about it, we would definitely love to be able to walk through with that walk walk you through that process. But if you did make that decision today, hey, we want to congratulate you. And um, it, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing decision that you have made in your life. Whether you're watching live right now or on YouTube, maybe you're listening to one of our various uh, platforms, podcasts. Uh, hey, if you made that decision today, we want to celebrate with you. And so put some hype in the chat as well for those people that have just accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. And like I said, if you got have any questions you can definitely whisper us uh, some of our leaders here on twitch or you can go into our discord as well we'll tell you how to get into the discord in just a second but hey if you did accept jesus christ into your heart today for the first time or even if you're rededicated your life if if somebody can do me a favor and type exclamation point connect in the chat what i would ask you to do is to click on that form and fill that form out we want to be able to give you uh, some resources that you can use. A lot of people, they have a lot of questions about what it looks like when they just received Jesus Christ. They, they, They you know, where do I start reading in the Bible? What is prayer? How do I pray? What is water baptism, all these different things, we would love to be able to answer those questions for you. So don't hesitate to fill out that form. But also, if this is your first time here at God Squad Church today, I would also encourage you to click on that form and fill it out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. Because We want to be able to welcome you here to God Squad Church for your first time. I want you guys to know it is a blessing for us to be able to do this, and it's a blessing to be able to share this time with you. And so if this is your first time here, we just want to welcome you. Fill out that form so we can just say hi and and get connected a little bit more. We're not going to spam you with emails or anything like that. We just want to be able to say hello and connect with you a little bit. Um, But also, guys, Right now we're gonna go into a time of of giving an offering. And hey, I want you to know, if this is your first time here at God Squad Church, we don't expect anything from you. We expect everything for you. We want you guys to receive from us. But if you do call God Squad Church your home church, if this is where you truly are receiving a lot and Um, we truly believe that, uh, giving of our finances is, is, is a form of worship. This is something that God has asked us to do. And so I want to challenge and encourage you today to, uh, to, 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 to take up your finances with God and be able to be like, okay, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to give? That might be that might be a specific number for you, whatever that looks like. It could be 10%, which the Bible talks about in the Old Testament, but it could be something more generous, it could, maybe it's something a little bit less, but whatever it is that God is putting on your heart, he wants us to give with a cheerful heart as as the word of God tells us. And like I said, it is a form of worship to be able to give of your finances, something that God has already given you and to give back to him in saying, God, I am trusting you. I am trusting you with my finances. I am trusting that even though I am giving back, that you're going to continue to provide for me, which is a promise that God does share in his word. I can tell you that you know, me and my wife, we do it. And God has always, always, always made made good on his promise for us. And uh, it, it is a promise that he has for all of us. And so I want to encourage and challenge you today to give your finances as a form of worship to God. Uh, once again, if you call God Squad church, your home church, or if you feel called to do so and I want to share with you just multiple safe and secure ways that you can give the God Squad Church. You can go under stream here into the panels below click on that link. It will allow you to give through Streamlabs, through PayPal. You can also go to our website at GodSquadChurch.com. Click on the Give tab, and when you go in there, you can set it up so it's recurring giving, whether it's weekly, monthly, or even just a one-time donation, if that's what you feel like you would like to do right now. Or finally, if you are a resident in the United States, you can also use Text to Give by texting any amount to number 84321. If it's your first time giving through that, it will send you, it will give you a couple quick, easy instructions. It will just take a minute or two to be able to set that up so that you can continue giving through text to give. But no matter how you are giving, we just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts because everything that we do here at God Squad Church cannot be done without you. So I wanted to thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness and your generosity for giving and continuing to do so generously. So thank you once again.